So hello, once again, welcome. Good day, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever we are on the planet. Uh, it's a beautiful day and uh, we're really blessed to have the opportunity to be together and to be enjoying our fellowship here and opportunity to interact and have a little conversation about God and ultimate reality. And, uh, and these are all really useful things. So, so welcome. And uh, this morning I was reminded of uh, a story from uh, Richard Bach's little book, Illusions. And he begins this story with uh, a little fable. And the fable is about these little creatures that live at the bottom of a stream. And the stream kind of, you know, rushes along like little streams do. And these creatures live clinging to the rocks on the bottom of the stream. So they hang on tenaciously to the rocks and get a little nutrient from the water that comes by and make their way very slowly across the rock and down across the bottom and to the next rock. And they cling, cling, cling. And, and one day, one of the young little creatures thought to itself, I wonder what happens if I let go. I wonder. And so he talked to, talked to some of the other little creatures and they said, oh, no. If you let go, you'll be the stream will the current will pick you up and dash you on the rocks and you'll be finished. That'll be the end of it forever. And but this little creature was adventurous and he didn't he he, he wasn't gonna settle for that and he didn't want to live a life just clinging to a rock like everyone else. And so one day he screwed up his courage and let go of the rock. And sure enough, the current dragged him down and he went crashing on one rock and another and was beat up. But eventually the current carried him up and he began to float up closer to the surface, no longer hitting the rocks. And he was floating like he was flying above the bottom of the stream and looking down and seeing all these little creatures clinging tenaciously to the little rocks and their limited little lives while he was soaring free and having this amazing adventure. And so I've always, I've always remembered this little story and think how great a metaphor it is for, for how we get stuck clinging to our little rock, clinging to our ideas about what we think we are and what we think the world is. And, and these limited concepts and ideas that we cling to keep us from living free, literally living completely free. And when we start letting go of these ideas, these concepts that we have about ourselves, the things that give us, you know, solidity and structure, we think, well, this is, I, I can hang on to this idea. I hang on to these imaginary concepts, these responsibilities and all this stuff that's so, so important in my life. I hang on and cling to that because it gives me a sense of being, a sense of control, you know, I can manipulate, I can control things, I feel some power as a result of this. And so, and so, uh, so we get stuck and we're addicted to our own ideas about ourselves and our own ideas about, you know, what's going on here. And so in order for us to really be free, we have to let go of some of these things and letting go of some of these things that we rely on for our sense of 
being, who am I? I am, you know, a father and a husband and an artist and all these things that I identify myself with. To let go of these things and to, to just be, you know, sort of a, a free agent in the universe. Um, this can take some some challenge, and as we do this, we may find that we're dashed on the rocks. We may find that there is a very uncomfortable period where we're trying to get used to being completely free in the face of the reaction and the response that we get from the people around us, the, the reaction that we get from um, society, the reaction that we get from ourselves. It's like, this is not safe, I don't feel secure. You know, there's I don't have nothing to hang on to any longer. But if we're going to really be free, if we're really going to be liberated, we have to let go of even our ideas about what we think we are. This limited being that persists, you know, for whatever amount of time we have. Hopefully we're we're into the 100 and 120 year cycle now. You know, our life cycle, life expectancy has been growing. As our uh, as our medical medical uh, technology has been able to take care of some of the really major issues that used to be to shorten lifespan and and they have and they've done a miraculous job and now we're at a point where the lifespan is determined by our lifestyle rather than than you know upsets and diseases and chronic illnesses that that were untreatable in the past now uh, most of those are are taken care of and the things that we find uh, are dominant in society are ones that are related to diet exercise lifestyle um, some of the stress you know some of these things that we do have control over um, but they're the ones that have become the major killers now so that's interesting so as we get to be a little more uh, conscious a little more mindful about how we are living and interacting on the planet our ability to live longer is is going to be extended and mr davis used to say you know we want to have a long healthy life so that we can accomplish our purposes so that we can be fully liberated fully awake and that we can make a useful contribution and and uh, participate in life and so so it's good for us to be to aspire um, to be free, to be really liberated, and and this you know this means that we have to be moving past whatever our concept, our idea of our life is now, because the concept and the idea we have about our life is limited. It is it's constrained by what we believe is possible, by what we've seen other people doing, by our experience of the past by what others have told us we could do. All these things <clears throat> are subconscious conditionings that keep our vision narrowed down like horse blinders. So we can only see these little, this little limited part of the world of the universe. And in order to take the horse blinders off, we have to take off these limitations, these conditionings. And so this is part of our this is part of our spiritual awakening practice and process is to be removing the obstacles, removing the limitations that stand between our true nature, our, you know, our self with the capital S and um, 
and this idea that we have about our limited self. So we need to we need to remove these obstacles, remove the conditionings, let go, to learn to let go and let God. Remember that let go and let God, to trust that God is operating through us and as us and to honor that and to encourage that and to let go of the limitations that sta stand in the way that limit, that constrict the ability of life to full, flow fully through us and as us. And so, and so our practice is very practical. It's very practical. We, we acknowledge that we are spiritual beings and then we move ourselves into the direction of having the experience of being spiritual beings. Okay, so we, we come from the idea, the concept, and then we allow ourselves to unfold, to move, to explore, and to, and to um, evolve into this awareness and this experience of our nature as an expression of God, inseparable. So again, our, one of our main foundational practices is our meditation practice. And uh, over the last uh, couple of sessions, we've talked about kind of the, the approach, the philosophy of meditation. What is it about? And uh, last time we talked about kind of how do we set ourselves up and what's the practical way that we actually meditate? How do we do that? And, and then there are several techniques or procedures that we can use in order to help calm the mind, create this tranquility of mind, and focus the attention, become more interiorized, and and we can explore and uh, work with these various techniques, these procedures, in order to help us become more efficient in our meditation. And so we'll talk about uh, several more of those. We've, we've talked about just watching the breath, which is really all we need. I mean, this is enough by itself, but sometimes, but sometimes it's not. And sometimes the mind uh, just remains a little restless and we're distracted. And so then we, uh, then we talk about the technique of mantra. Mantra is the, this tool that helps to support the mind, that protects the mind. And that is simply listening to a word or a word phrase in conjunction with our breathing. So we, so we simply uh, can incorporate any word. It doesn't really matter because this is just a tool that we're using, uh, a symbol for focus of attention. Um, and of course, we recommend uh, the Sanskrit mantra because the mind doesn't get too hung up on definitions and thinking about it. It can just listen to it, just rest in it. And so, so one mantra uh, that Roy would recommend was uh, Soham. So we listen to the sound so when we inhale and hum when we exhale. So on inhalation, hum on exhalation. And we just listen, so and hum, so and hum. And we rest with this. If you've ever had uh, one of those songs from back when you were a teenager that got stuck in your head and it just, it just kept replaying itself and replaying itself and it was kind of had a mind of its own. Well, in this way, our mantra, we just allow it to finally just dominate our awareness and it just, we just are resting there and the mantra is doing itself. So we begin by listening 
and then we listen more deeply and then it just kind of flows with the breath and we're just the observer. So we become more and more focused, more and more blended with this until finally there's a point where we are just the witness, the observer of this process. And so here we are uh, having this subtle shift in perspective where we become greater. We're actually aware of much more and this breath and this mantra is happening within us. And so, and then, and then that begins, that's the beginning of this um, transitional, transformational phase, transcendent awareness. And then we learn to just shift our attention ever so gently to paint to, to this awareness rather than this watching and listening. So we gently allow ourselves to expand and be more focused on just attentiveness, just this pure awareness. And as we do this, it dominates and our awareness becomes pure. Everything else uh, subsides, falls away. So this is mantra. And another mantra is Hong Saw mantra. So we can listen to the sound Hong on inhalation, Saw on exhalation, Hong like song, Saw like a wood saw. And we just listen and let it flow. Listen, let it flow. Or we can listen to the sound Om when we inhale and God when we exhale. Or we can listen to the sound Om and hear the first part, Oh, on the inhalation, mm, on exhalation, Oh, on inhalation, mm, on exhalation. So whatever we choose, whatever is easy for us to hang our attention on and that we can be very attentive to uh, can be useful as our mantra. So, so we watch the breath, we have mantra, um, we can uh, practice as we did this morning, chanting Om and feeling this energy, this little vibration, this little um, resonance at each one of the chakras as we come up from the base and then back down and then back up and back down. We can do this several times and this enlivens the chakras and the spine, but it also helps to get us very centered and very focused and very grounded. So that can be uh, a useful uh, meditation technique. Uh, we can also listen to the ohm vibration. So if we're very quiet, if we're very still, and we put our attention within and we just listen, listen very intently. And if we're quiet enough and we sit long enough and be very relaxed, we will start to hear a sound frequency. It, automa it just automatically will be there. It is there all the time. But as we listen and sort of shift our attention away from the external and the distractions, we can hear this more subtle frequency, this little subtle vibration that's within us, and we can just kind of hang our attention on that and be listening, listening with intention, listen intently, and with the idea that we're trying to hear what the source, where is this coming from? What's the source? And so as we listen actively and attentively, we'll be led maybe to different frequencies. We may hear a little different sound, the frequency may change slightly, but we just listen and listen, listen, and 
as we do so, we'll eventually come to a place where this sound frequency, whatever we're hearing, will be consistent. It won't fluctuate or vary much. And we can just assume that this is an aspect, this is part of ohm. And ohm is said to be the indicator. Patanjali in the Yoga Sutra says that, that the ohm vibration is the indicator of ultimate reality. So this own vibration indicates, points to the fact that God is present. This indicates that this is, this is a vi the vibration of God that we can tune into directly. And uh, I know the world has gone completely digital, but when I was a young person, we had radios that had dials. And you had to dial in the station. And if you got close to the station, <laughs> static noise maybe you'd hear a little bit in the background but if you got that dial tuned in and you hit right on the station all of a sudden everything came very clear the music was very clear there was no static and so in this way we we want to dial in we want to be able to attune ourselves dial into this more subtle essence this more subtle frequency and then through that we rest with this own vibration and remember, this is evidence of God. This is, this, is an, this is a direct expression of God as we are. So we can allow ourselves to merge with it. That is, to feel this vibration. It, it moves through our whole system. It dominates our mind and our awareness. And we, are, and we feel ourselves blending, merging, becoming one with this own vibration. Okay? And then as we do that... Um, the boundaries between the observer and the ohm, which is being observed, and the process of observing, the boundaries between these three things blend. And pretty soon there is just ohm. It's happening, and it's happening within our awareness. And so once again, we have the opportunity for this, this shift in perspective, this transcendent experience where we where we, we recognize, we realize that we are aware and that this is happening within us. And then we put our attention, we keep our, our feeling moving more to the direction of this awareness and we disregard the little thing, the ohm that's happening inside of it. So in this way, we are able to, to expand our awareness, grow in consciousness. So listening to the ohm vibration, um, we can also pray, and prayer is a, a wonderful way to begin our meditation. But if we find that we're kind of stuck in the middle and, and things are just not working and the mind is restless and we're distracted, then we pray. And we pray, as Mr. Davis would remind us, we pray in God. We don't pray to God. We pray in God. That means that we are opening this channel, this connection, this communication with our own essence with our own higher self and so our communication our conversation is whatever is meaningful but remember we're talking to this this larger self that we're just not we're not seeing it we're not feeling it and so we're attempting to open lines of communication it's like the lines of communication between your thumb and your head are normally pretty closed unless you happen to you know hit your thumb with the hammer when you're putting some nails in and then all of a sudden there's a line of communication that is wide open you and the thumb are in close communication right 
So, so, so we can imagine that that God is like the body, and we're the toenail, or you know, we are not separate from it, but we're just not having this connection, feeling this communication. So we pray. We say, okay, Divine Mother, Heavenly Father, Big Dreamer, whatever, however we make that connection in mind, and we just talk. We say, how about, you know, giving me a little break here and allowing me to wake up a little bit? How about allowing me to, me to, to peer behind the curtain and to have a little more awareness of what I am and how this is working? How about, you know, we just pray. We pray for insight. We pray for wisdom. We pray for awakening. We pray for guidance. And this is, and this can be very effective. And we can, and we can do this when we're not sitting to meditate. We can do this anytime. We can have this ongoing conversation with this essence of being that is ourself, and asking it to. Um, you know, to give us a break from time to time and to allow us to be um, experiencing life in a conscious, mindful way and to inspire and lead and guide us. We can have this ongoing conversation with God all the time. And then when we sit to meditate, you know, Father, reveal thyself. Reveal thyself. And then we look and we listen where we're you know, we made this request and now we're listening for the answer. We're listening for the experience. And so, so, med, so, uh, so using prayer in this way can be a very useful tool for us as we move into our meditation practice and of course through the day. And then we can use affirmation and affirmation is where we simply affirm that is we make a statement, we make a little statement for ourselves that is uh, an expression of what is true. And so an affirmation, my nature is pure consciousness. So this is an affirmation. This is a positive affirmation. It's true. I repeat this. I can repeat it out loud and then I can repeat it mentally. My nature is pure consciousness. My nature is pure consciousness. So I affirm this and then and then I look for the response inside. I mean, okay, my nature is pure consciousness. How does that feel? How does that work? I am infinite. How does infinity feel? So I can affirm, affirm, and then look for the correspondence, look for the response within so that we actualize, so that we realize this. And so, um, so we can... Uh, adopt any affirmation. We can write an affirmation for ourselves. You know, I am wise and kind. I am compassionate. Uh, I have I have uh, a wonderful patience. You know, whatever it is that can be true, and that we can feel and start to allow this to work with us, to work for us, and uh, and kind of allow ourselves to open up to it. So it is not conditioning. We're not trying to hypnotize the mind and, and talk it into something, but rather we are calling forth this uh, aspect of our being that may not be expressing right now, that may not be dominant. So we're calling that forth and allowing ourselves to have it blossom into awareness and become, become part of us, okay? So, so we can use affirmation and we can use... Um, uh, imagination, visualization. So this can be uh, another wonderful tool if we feel that we're that our meditation is a little dry, that we're that we're not 
staying focused and intentional. Then we can imagine. Imagine, um, for example, infinity. What is what is infinity? How does that work? And I can create a, you know, in my imagination, I can create whatever my my idea of that is. Or um, we'll practice maybe tomorrow or the next day. We'll do this uh, meditation where we imagine that our awareness is a little blue ball of light that's up in the brain here somewhere. Small blue ball of light, and then. We imagine this blue ball of light growing, our consciousness as blue light growing and filling the head and then finally coming down and filling the whole body until we feel, we imagine that our body is filled, filled with light and then we allow the light to expand beyond the body and we feel ourselves expanding beyond into the space around us and expanding to fill the room and beyond the room, the, the house or the apartment and, and the city and the area right around us. And we continue in imagination, we continue to expand awareness, expand awareness until we are expanded out to the level of the whole entire manifest universe and all of it floats within us. And so this is an exercise in imagination, visualization, but it allows us, it leaves us in a place where we are, our awareness is greatly expanded. And then, and then we allow ourselves to, to let that go and to just rest in that stillness and that awareness. So, so this can be useful. And uh, I remember um, Roy said at one point there was uh, one of his brother disciples that was talking to Yogananda and said he was really having a difficult time focusing at the third eye center and and keeping his attention there that his mind just kept drifting and he was having having a little problem with that um and yoga yogananda recommended to him he says well oh, hey, try this imagine that you're breathing directly into your heart so when your breath comes in just feel the breath and the prana the energy feel all this coming straight into your heart filling you up and then when you exhale, coming back out, and just feel yourself in the flow of this energy moving in and out through the heart. And see if that doesn't help keep you focused and grounded. So these are all techniques. They are tools. There is none that is better generically for everyone, but there may be one that's better for you personally. And so we, we can explore, we can experiment, we can find a feel around in there and see what really supports us in our meditation with a reminder always being reminded that our intention when we sit to meditate is to become fully awake is to allow our our the mind and the thoughts and the, the brittis and the chitta the brittis everything to subside and to become so quiet that we rest in awareness pure awareness existence being no concept no idea no memory, no future, just being, you see. And this is restoring ourselves to our to our original whole condition. This is this is um, allowing ourselves to realize, that is to make real by experiencing, to make real our true nature, so that we have experience of it, of the experience and the knowledge of what we are.
So does that make make sense? So so these uh, these are our tools in our meditation practice. And Yogananda used to say, um, you know, a wise workman puts his tools down when he doesn't need them anymore. So so we use our technique, or we may use one technique and then another. But when we're finished, when we finally come into the place of being quiet, being still, centered, then we leave our mantra, we leave our watching the breath, we leave our tools alone, and we just rest in the stillness. This is the important, this is the transformative part of our practice. And so we want to we want to set the stage, allow ourselves to move into this condition, and then rest there, and rest there as long as possible. And eventually, and it's safe, because eventually vasanas, these are subconscious impressions, they will begin to percolate back up and they will get the mind stirred up and thoughts will start to, to reemerge. And if, it's, if, if we still have time left in our meditation session, if we're not finished, then we can pick another technique um, and re-engage with this until we become still once again. And if it's time for the end of our meditation, then we can simply allow our awareness to expand as we do uh, at the end of our meditations here and feel our consciousness blended with mass consciousness and send the blessing, radiate goodwill. And this does, this is wonderful. It's very, very um, uh, powerful and active blessing that we're actually giving the world. This is, has, this has a, uh, a transformational effect on the whole system. And it's also very good for us. So in the process of radiating goodwill and sending our goodwill and our love and our blessings, in the process of this, on a subtle level, we open ourselves to allowing God to flow through us in a greater way. Because God's nature is always blessing and is always supportive and is always living in this expansive uh, consciousness, this expansive awareness. And so as we open ourselves to that by by blessing and sharing our consciousness and our peace then we allow this this uh, god force to flow through us unimpeded so we are blessed as we are blessing others and and roy used to remind us he says now you don't do this so that you get the blessing that's not the reason but by doing this you actually do benefit so there is so everybody wins and whenever we have situations where everybody wins why not? You know, why not play? So, so it's recommended that we that we engage. And again, regular practice every day. Um, this, you know, this slowly but surely, this is transformative. Lahiri Mahashaya used to say, you know, aspiring, 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 and one day we achieve. So we keep working, 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 and one day we look back and we go, wow, I really have come a long way. I didn't realize it along the way, but Things have changed. My life is different. I feel different. My experience is different. I'm more grounded, you know, more peaceful in the face of all the craziness that's going on out in the world and all the wobbles. Um, and I'm able to move more harmoniously. My relationships, I'm able to be present with the relationships and be appropriate and responsive and uh, and I feel better and I'm taking good care of myself because I respect myself because myself is God. And, and you know, and, I, and I've provided the, 
the home, the vehicle through which God can move. And so I should honor and respect that. And so everything in life slowly but surely, gradually uh, improves. So in Shreya Teswar used to say that, that the most important thing we can possibly do is to make an effort toward realizing and experiencing God. Because when we do that, everything else improves. So, so this is uh, useful. This is important for us. So uh, I guess that's enough about um, our meditation techniques. So we have that all pretty well. And uh, once again, I will re reaffirm this idea that in order to in order to effectively live and to be really free, we have to let go. We have to learn to let go. And the same thing when we are meditating, when we come into uh, the silence and the mind starts to quiet down and we start to come into these more subtle spaces, we also have to let go. We have to let go of these ideas about myself, you know, the concepts that I carry, what am I? And we have to, or who am I? And we have to just let that go and see what's what else is there, what else is available. So even my concept of God, my my concept of what's supposed to be happening in meditation, you know, my ideas about these things are limitations because we keep looking for the inner light. We keep looking for bliss. We keep looking for, uh, you know, experiences, contacts with higher beings. We keep looking for God to dir directly talk in our ear and say, Ron, what are you doing? You know? But, but this is not how it works. And in order to get to the experience of what's real, we have to let go of our ideas about what we think is real. So follow me? So, so this, is a, this is an important component, not only in the external world and the big picture, but also in the internal world, is to be able to let go of expectations, concepts, ideas, and to allow ourselves to actually have the experience to allow ourselves to be surprised with the insight, to be um, struck once again with the awe and the wonder of what really is. You remember when you were a small child? I have this visual, this, this very vital memory of when I was about five years old, I guess, and, um, and out in the backyard of our little uh, suburban house, there was a fence, five or six foot fence, whatever they have in those days, all the way around. And up against the fence was, um, on one side was a, a planting of gardenias. So there were these gardenias and they would bloom and they smelled so wonderful. And, and on the gardenias from time to time, there was this spider that made a spider web. And it was kind of a big, for a five-year-old, it was kind of a big spider, very colorful, had this great graphic design on it. And I've my whole life I've been a designer, so so for some reason I would be just drawn, I'd be just dazzled by this little spider when he would show up, and I'd go out and look in the gardenias from time to time, and just be amazed, you know, and as kids are, and, and looking at flowers and blossoms, and when we're very small like this, everything is awesome, you know, the world is full of wonder and. And so we can we can regain that sense of awe and wonder um, by being open, and letting go of the way we think things are supposed to be and actually opening our eyes and looking around. 
And if we do that, if we actually open our eyes and look around and, and are open to experiencing and perceiving all those billion things that normally the horse blinders are keeping out because we're only looking for what we expect, you know, um, when we start to open up and really be uh, receptive, then we find there are amazing, miraculous things happening every day, all the time. You know, this is our, and the ability we have in our world is to move in this way. So we can live, you know, right, conscious, happy, engaged, and then continue to notice the places where we feel a little stuckness and let go, you know, move on. And we can do that, right? Can I get an amen? <laughs> so, uh, so do we have any questions? Any, any, anything relative to what we've been talking about this morning? Okay, good. So, thank you all for joining us this morning and sharing your consciousness and all your beautiful, beautiful, glowing uh, blossoms of the universe here that you're sharing with us and each other. And so. So we are blessed to be in this together. And so thank you all and have a wonderful rest of your day. Be joyful. Namaste.